And welcome to Comic Talkers for Comics. It's always the top of our discussion. My name is Brandon. And I'm William. And today we are continuing on with Star Wars Month. And today we are going to be doing our book club. And Will, why don't you introduce the story that we are covering today? The story we are introducing today is by far one of the greatest stories in Star Wars history. It is the story of Darth Vader. And not just Darth Vader. We are going over the Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, Volume 1. Um, this was written by Charles Soule, um, penciled by, I hope I don't butcher this name, um, Giuseppe um, Camuncoli. There we go. I, it's a really fancy name there. Don't judge me. Don't at me for mistakes. In the, name. Um, the synopsis of the story goes a little something like this. Picking up where Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith ends, follows Darth Vader as he receives his legendary right or red lightsaber and begins his ruthless rise. Anakin Skywalker is now more machine than man. Having lost everything once dear to him, he must forge a new future as a dark lord of the Sith. Join Darth Vader as he learns the way of Darth Sidious and his newly formed empire, the way of the dark side. And on his first mission, Vader sets his sight on a Jedi who avoided Order 66, a master who's long lived in seclusion, one more powerful than he any than any he has faced before. Nobody said the path to power was going to be easy. Um, these I believe there's four volumes in the series. We're only going to cover one of them today. Um, but this trade that we're going to be covering collects issues one through six from 2017. Um, Willie, before we kind of go into it a little bit more, um, what was your take right away with this series? Um, I love it. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite comic series that I've ever read especially because it's Star Wars, but also just because everybody knows Darth Vader and getting a chance to see some of the in-between stories of where he goes after he dons the suit, after he's betrayed and loses his loved one, and seeing where his story progresses from there on out. I was fully invested in this one. You know, there's a reason why this made my number one. And... I, this was, other than Darth Maul, this was the next one I really pulled off the shelves. And now, Grant, there are moments in the series that gets a little, okay, this is slow, or where is this really going? Um, but there are so many great moments in this comic. Um, the first six issues is probably some of my favorites, other than, um, um, what was it, um, For or Fortress Vader, which is the end of the series, um which is a very, very, very powerful um, talk. And by far, Charles Scholl, um, for anybody who does not know or is more interested, does write a lot of great Star Wars comics. He is probably my favorite, if not my, he's my second favorite, if not my favorite um, Star Wars writer to ever write comics. Um, this guy just really gets the idea of what Star Wars means to everybody and get does it justice. Um, so, Without further ado, um, we're going to start right into issue one. Now, you love your opening crawls. It starts up with an opening crawl. Um, it's called The Chosen One. States the Clone Wars are over. The Jedi are defeated. Palpatine has become emperor 
finally in position to bend the galaxy to his will through the power of the Sith. Jedi Knight Anakin Skywalker has fallen to the dark side of the Force, swayed by Palpatine's promise to help prevent the death of his pregnant wife Padme. Skywalker betrayed the Jedi and became the Sith Lord Darth Vader. Defeated by his old friend and former master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Vader was left to die on the volcanic planet Mustafar. Retrieved by Palpatine and placed into a suit of cybernetic armor to preserve his life, Vader awakens to learn that his wife has died. Now, for Darth Vader, there is only rage, pain, and the new Galactic Empire. What a way to sum it up right away, to let you know, give you that summary of what's happened before the events of this story. Um, I'm going to ask you, Will, before we get right into the story, how did you like the way it kind of starts? Because of the fact being, it does, like we say, it literally picks up on the operating table that Darth Vader gets his suit for the very first time. Yeah. I I mean, I love it. Yeah, I love the little uh uh the little crawl that it does with letting you know what happened in like right before it. Because I've I've loved that with Star Wars every every one of the Star Wars movies and all Star Wars content because it's a great way to let you know just a little s- snippet of what was going on so if you don't know anything about star wars you can at least get an idea of what was going on and kind of not fully but kind of get caught up in the current story and with this comic it's by far the coolest way to show the introduction and then once you get to see him in the chair breaking out and the iconic no without actually having to hear it um <laughs> yeah they go no 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 okay <laughs> <laughs> um but he breaks so great, great way to bring it up well but i love the little visions like you get that little sense of okay he's forced choking the doctor robot um palpatine's sitting there looking and then you get a little vision of him staring at padme and that scene where in the third movie anakin does you know use the force against her and is essentially people think that's what killed her no she's killed by a broken heart and it's even stated that she's healthy but she doesn't know why they're why she's dying and then we find out it's because of a broken heart um that can kill people don't let anyone deceive you a broken heart can kill you now we pick up like willie says um he breaks off the table um and states right away is that you told Vader pretty much looks at Palpatine or the Emperor. I'm going to say Palpatine. Sometimes I do apologize, but it is the Emperor um, or Darth Sidious that you told me I could save her. And the Emperor's pretty much responds back to Vader's rage. Chose that Vader's rage chose a different path. That not even the dark side of the Force could bring her back. But he also lets Vader know Vader know that Padme's death has given Vader a gift, which is pain. And with this information, either Vader can accept this gift or he can die. Of course, Vader decides to accept this at this point in time. Which, right away then, he goes good and then electrifies Darth Vader. <laughs> it was just one of those, like, okay, that's new. Um but Vader states, um, you know, electrifies Vader, or pretty much Palpatine, or the Emperor electrifies him and asks Vader where his lifesaver is to protect him. 
and Vader states that he had lost his saber during the fight with Obi-Wan. Emperor yells at Vader and says no, and he states to him that the blade Vader is talking or is talking about belong to a Jedi. That is that he is now a Sith. He somewhat makes Vader realize that he has went through a lie and then asked Vader to follow him, that he wants to show him something. So they go out to like this public somewhat bonfire of all the Jedi's lightsabers that the Order 66 has collected through the clones and everybody that's been killed. Um, now, Masama made, I, I cannot stand this character. I do not like his design in this comic. He, he It's like, I don't like him in the movies. But it's just the point that you you know the Emperor's got to have a right-hand person at this point other than Vader. Um, and that's who's leading this little um, bonfire, this public announcement on Coruscant. Now, he's pretty much screaming that the people do not have to fear the Jedi anymore. The clones bring a bucket full of the lightsabers and they pretty much publicly burn them. Um Willie, let me ask you this. Um, for anybody who does not know this, what is Order 66? Order 66 was uh, in order to eradicate the Jedi, pretty much, to sum it up. Do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Empire and the Sith, they viewed Jedi as uh, menaces to society, that through their teachings they weren't going to bring it they weren't actually going to bring about peace they were just causing more harm so uh order 66 was a mean to uh eradicate the jedi council and get rid of all the jedi in the galaxy so yeah so pretty much most of the jedi at this point in time have been eradicated um not everybody of course there are still some still alive obi of course and a couple others ahsoka so on and so forth um, i don't think we have to really go dive deep into that right now um but during this little public bonfire palpatine and darth vader are sitting out on a balcony we're standing on a balcony and pretty much pa or emperor or the emperor discusses with vader about how their blades are red vader's you know pretty much asks him if like if he knows about that and pretty much what i found interesting is that vader responds with no and that the jedi teachings were incomplete on this topic Interesting, huh? To kind of see that. Okay. So Palpatine states the following, and I'm going to read this out to you. Um, what was it? Um, as it stated, the fools hit the knowledge they found uncomfortable. They could not face the darker truths, and they paid the price. A red saber is no different than any other, except it has been made to bleed. Um, the crystal from any J Jedi saber will do. As you know, the Kybers are alive in their way. Like any living thing, they can feel pain. The color of your ray, or what was it? Or through the dark side, you must pour your pain into the crystal. And when at last the agony becomes more than it can stand, a beautiful crimson, the color of your rage. What do you feel about that explanation um, while the Red Saber is created? 
I mean, there are such things as red carpet crystals, so that's kind of a bit of bull. But I mean, it's a great, <laughs> it's a great way to, like, disguise the intent of the Sith to show that, um, the whole concept of a lightsaber is more in tune with your character, and that's why it would be shown that way. That's why it would show red. Like, I kind of like that because we do get to see Vader do this later on. I'm not going to go too far into it because that is a very powerful scene when we do see it. Um, I kind of like, and not even so much Palpatine's explanation, that Vader even says the teachings of this is incomplete. That it shows that the Jedi didn't want to teach everybody everything. That it kind of makes you feel like, what was the Jedi really hiding at like they're all about peacekeeping, but they don't really keep everything at peace at points. And it's so interesting to see that. You know, I know a lot of people think, oh, I'm a Sith fan. Yeah, I am. Because it does really bring to light a lot of things that you never realize, especially when it comes to Jedi and uh, in the Star Wars universe. Not saying everything. It's, right. it's less it's less maintaining peace and more maintaining harmony. Mm-hmm. making sure things go the way that they're supposed to right like they're more you know it's like i i love kenobi's show a little bit because it's like that the guy who drives them around on the i can't remember the exact planet but pretty much says nothing wrong with a little order it is a good point you yeah. know you think about yeah people think oh the empire is bad but you know it's order it's um now granted they have the death star that destroys planets it's been seen. I'm not saying that they're their best, but it's not the worst. Okay, but anyway, Palpatine, or the Emperor, pretty much goes on to ask Vader if he understands what he has to do. Vader responds with, yes. He also goes to say that the Emperor could have given him any saber to corrupt, but he didn't. But then realizes that a Sith's Sith saber is not given. It is taken. Um, the Emperor and Vader then take a transport shuttle to the mid-rim, um, where he tells Vader that his task is to find his lightsaber. And he must find a Jedi from which he can take a kyber crystal from. That is a daunting task, that it isn't a daunting ta- task, but it has but he has great faith in Vader. When they arrived, though, the vessel that the Emperor had there for Vader was missing. Um, which makes Vader's task, of course, even harder. And the Emperor just left and leaves him. One of my favorite scenes comes at the end of this issue. And you see how he's using these little vision things to kind of see the tracks of where his ship was taken. So it's like a sense of you kind of get to see that he's not just human anymore. He's also machine. And you see him just take this path um, to find it. Of course, he does find the scoundrels who took it, destroys every single one of them, and takes the ship. Pretty much takes them all down just using the Force, which I love that because it doesn't focus on a saber. He uses the Force strictly. So I like that more. This ends issue one. At this point, Will, if you were reading this off the shelf, would you have continued reading it? Yeah. I mean, it's a great, it's already a great story, but then seeing him in combat 
and how he handles himself, it just sucks you in to see where he can go once he does find his lightsaber, how powerful he truly is. It is a really good story from, like, I'll say this right now. This is probably one of my favorite stories of all Star Wars for a reason. And other than, of course, the stories and everything like that, um, it's it, it's captivating. It keeps you going. It keeps you entertained. And getting some of those explanations, like I know, Willie, you said it was kind of bull when it comes to red kyber crystals. But I kind of, like, I hate to say it, I kind of like that little explanation that red crystals are not just something that comes across like nothing. Yeah. And I like that they mentioned, like, the kyber crystals are real. And that's what I also like about that. Yeah. I, it's like, I know that what he's saying is bull, but I do love the explanation. I like the storytelling. Um, it's kind of giving a perspective on the history of Kyber Crystals. And it's one of the reasons why that one episode in Star Wars Visions, uh, the, nine, the, nine, the Ninth Jedi. Ninth Jedi, there you go. Yeah. It's why I like the concept of the lightsabers that they made in there where the color of the color and length of the lightsaber changes as uh depending on who's wielding it because it reflects on your character right now let's go right away because i do want to kind of ask another question that leads right into issue two um so issue two picks up with you know pretty much vader going into getting his ship and taking it to a mid-rim jedi outpost destination on brightholm um, at this point, before Vader even gets there, um, this outpost is occupied by a group of clone troopers as they have been assigned by the Emperor to take inventory on a whole bunch of Jedi jump, according to the clones. Let me ask you this, Will. This is the only thing that I feel like, I want to say bad about, but I it's like I know the clones were treated like garbage after the Clone Wars and after Order 66. At this point, you have you have one of the toughest militaries ever in Galactic Empire or in the Galactic history, pretty much, or in the galaxy's history. Um, and you have them doing inventory of all things that they could be doing. They do this um, during the clones' discussions, though, and this is what I found really interesting here is that we find out that the clone facilities on Camino are now closed. And on top of that, uh, pretty much it's kind of like the clones are treated like garbage at this point. How do you feel about the Empire pretty much turning their backs on clone troopers? In a way, I kind of feel like it makes sense because initially the clones were made in order to help the Republic and help the Jedi. And they made them so well-trained and so powerful that they were able to take down the Jedi. So there's this subtle fear that the Sith has towards the clones as if they can take down the Jedis, they could take down the Sith as well. So it kind of shows like how they, they're taking the precautions by excluding them and closing them down, treating them like garbage, trying to uh, discriminate on them. And it means to say, 
we have to make you feel weaker than us so well, you don't have the strength to take it's like in some ways they treat them worse than droids and mm-hmm. even then it's kind of like because like what was that? again i know i referenced the show a lot but kenobi is a perfect example of this there is an episode when he's going to rescue leia on the like kind of more of the underworld planet that i can't remember the exact planet name but you see a clone trooper sitting there beard everything's in there just wanting money to help support them it really just shows you how downgraded the clones are and it's sad because the clones did so much for you and i and that's a good point will that they take down the jedi they could take down us too and but even then it's one of those why didn't you already have like an inhibitor chip in them you know hey black widow could do it in the movie (laughs) why can't you do that to clone troopers at this point but you know granted we do get some of the clone troopers that do come in later on especially like in rebels and now we got captain rex and canon more and more with being the old guy on return of the jedi um the old rebel trooper um so during their conversation um pretty much about how they've ne- they pretty much are treated like garbage they're treated you know why are we doing inventory when we're one of the biggest armies in all the galaxy um they're alerted that there's an incoming ship coming their direction now they don't know what the ship is or anything like that but it is darth vader's ship coming in um during his approach though he encounters four arc starfighters warning Vader that he is in restricted airspace, that he needs to change course, or they will fire. First, what do you think he does? That's a run through him. Let's yep. this going. No fear for Vader. Vader's droid even try to sit there and say, "Do you, I have the docking codes that can be shipped to them, but Vader pretty much tells him, no, I want to take these guys down. The ARC fighters fire upon Vader, but Vader takes all four starfighters without taking a scratch on a ship. The clones on the outpost start to wonder if this stranger is a Jedi. But before they can speculate further, they find out that this mysterious ship has managed to deactivate the station's security protocols, which allows him to dock. This leads the clones to prepare for battle. Darth Vader bursts into the outpost and the clones immediately attack him. He is able to manage at first taking down clones using only the force, but then uses the force to grab a nearby lightsaber of a fallen Jedi and slashes through the rest of the clones. Now, at this point in time, we don't know why Vader's really going to this outpost, but we do get it in this issue here in a little bit. Um, Vader does go to a nearby computer and has his droid access the station archives. Um, pretty much the droid asks him what information he wants, and Vader responds with that he wants all Jedi assignments before Order 66 was issued. So, Willie, let me ask you this, and maybe you can explain why this is happening. Why does he want to know all this? For me, when I was first reading this, uh, what I got from it is he wanted to find where any Jedi leftover may be. He wanted to track them down so he could find one and take his lightsaber and kill him. Right. That That's the main thing. 
I think you I think you hit the nail on the coffin right there. I think it he pretty much is trying to find this Jedi that he could take his lightsaber from once and for all to get what he wants. At that point, when he grabbed that one lightsaber, it's like, seriously, this is what we're going to do? This is kind of anticlimactic. And then you go to the computer and you hear him say this, like, oh, he was just using that for defense. He's actually going after somebody. Um, and again, that's why I wanted to ask that. Now, in the process of this, though, um, you know, of course, this droid questions on well, why not not take a kyber crystal needed from her saber just right there. But Vader says his pretty much tells his droid that he requires a living Jedi and clarifies that he wants any data on any Jedi who took the Barash vow prior to Order 66. Now, Willie, what's the Barash vow? Uh, I didn't, I don't really know what that was. So the Barash vow, um, it's an oath taken by Jedi. Um, who completely refrain from all activities related to the Jedi Order. So in some ways, that's kind of like what Obi-Wan kind of did after Order 66 took place. A lot of, pretty much that's what they kind of ordered their Jedi to do, is kind of like stay in the shadows, don't get in trouble, focus on your lives, do not use the Force. Um, as Vader Vader's droid retrieved this data for him, um, they're interrupted by two other clone troopers. Now, these troopers are immediately taken down. They leave the outpost with an explosion that follows the exit. But one of my favorite scenes is the dude throws a grenade at or a thermal detonator on. And Vader is just holding it with the force. And he goes, let's see how long he can hold it for. Pretty much takes down both clone troopers, drops the grenade, they get, or the, the thermal detonator, they escape the ship, and they pretty much the outpost is destroyed um as vader or pretty much you know pretty much vader asks the his droid to give him the information that he's retrieved um story responds with the following that the jedi has been on the on his pilgrimage since anakin vader joined the jedi temple so this is before even episode one number two his name is karak Infla. It has been years since Infla has been active in Jedi affairs. And that Infla had only one purpose in the Jedi Order, which is to fight. We end this issue seeing Karak Infla for the first time in a meditation stage. That ends issue two. It is a really interesting. That's why I'm glad we've talked about a lot of these points because there's a lot of things that are brought up in this issue that we never really knew about. Um, like, were you happy with some of this? Do you feel that again, this kind of was fast paced a little bit? What What was your take on this issue? I mean, I was loving it. I I love seeing how, like, where Darth Vader's mind is and like seeing the steps that he's going to take in order to claim his position as a dark Lord. Now, Willie, I'm going to let you take issue three. Um, issue three being more the encounter between Enfla and Vader. So you okay. do a better job in explaining fight scenes a little bit more than I can. 
So I'm going to turn the mic over to my partner to take issue three. All right. So in issue three, it starts off in the mid-rim uh, river moon of Aldalene. <laughs> and uh, what's his name again? Karak Infla. Infla, yeah. Karak Infla. Yeah. So we see Infla just sitting there in a meditation, having things float around him with force. And it immediately goes into kind of like a training montage that he's doing with himself, where a droid with a type of electrified saber strikes at him. He manages to dodge it and go into a parry and we just kind of see like what an example of what he's been doing he's on this planet on this at this temple just training and uh, he's fighting off against the droid and kind of narrating and talking with the droid what uh, his training has led him to uh, how he's handling himself and at one point, he stops the fight because he senses something coming towards him. And that's where we get told that, or we get shown that Vader's ship is flying towards the temple. Um, yeah, so pretty much they kind of take up the thing of, we need to prepare our defenses now. Um, he knows something dark is coming his way. Um, he needs to take it care of it now. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Infla then launches some of the artifacts that we, he was making hover with the Force towards his ship, making it crash down, uh, crash down towards the planet. Uh, Vader then uh, assesses his situation and exits the ship, and then feels that. Uh, he says that he was clearly waiting for him and that uh, he, he was expectant. Uh, so at this point, he realizes that he doesn't want to disappoint because if this Jedi was aware that he was coming, then he better go all out. Yeah, I just so it just made me laugh so hard. He's like, I don't want to disappoint. Let's let's get this guy a show. And it's just like <laughs> Yeah. So we then follow Vader as he's traveling through these caverns. And at one point a wall busts up from the ground behind him. And then we see Infla up on a hill saying, uh, you, you stink of darkness. It was you was it you? Uh, Vader immediately goes into a force choke, kind of silencing him, but Infla is able to resist it and uh, kind of pushes Vader away a bit to get him off of the force choke. Uh, Infla then says, uh, you will not defeat me that way, creature. Uh, you will not defeat me at all. Your use of the dark side confirms my suspicions, but let me ask again. Uh, not long ago through the Force, I felt the death of almost every Jedi. That darkness resonates within you. Did you do it? Did you kill them? Uh, Vader responds with yes, and 
And Infla then asks, are you here to kill me as well? Vader responds with yes. And he says, as I hoped. It it, it, it is such a daring scene with these two. It's just like, oh, yeah. here we go. It's at this point where I was starting to feel like, okay, Infla is not somebody to be messed with. This guy is obviously been training for a long time and he's been anticipating a fight like this uh so at this point uh infla then like pretty much just points him in the direction of where to go and decides to go back to his temple but not before having his droid release a floodgate of sorts to uh, release a whole bunch of water and kind of flush Vader away, but it doesn't stop Vader. It's like he's at the bottom of a dam, pretty much surrounded by all this water. Yeah, he just uses the force to push all of it aside and get out of there. It, it's such an interesting scene too, because Infla at this point too declares his barrage vow completed, because mm-hmm. he knows at this point, this is what I was made for. I'm going to take you down, but I'm not going to make it easy for you. You're going to, what I love is that he stands on this mountain, which of course is parallel to, I have the high ground, Um, but he has to do all these missions in order to do it. But it's sad because Vader accomplishes most of these missions. And he gets to the point where Infla just goes, just let him come up here now. At this point, he's going to accomplish every single one of these. Let's get this over with. Yeah. So after Vader uh, gets out of the water, we then follow him going towards a path that'll lead to the temple. And right as he's about to cross this stone bridge, a bunch of kind of like stone hawks start coming out and attacking him. And Vader just easily like pushes them aside, breaks them apart, and... All the while, we find out that Infla and his droid are actually watching him and keeping track of what like, he's able to accomplish. So uh, Vader finally does defeat these hawks, and the, the droid that's talking to Infla then says uh, uh, he will reach the spike wind next. Uh, I will activate at that appropriate moment and Invala says no no more traps no more obstacles turn them off all of them uh droid says but in that case he will be here in no time at all Invala says correct it's getting to the point now where Invala knows he's gonna have to face him one time or another now at this point so but I also want to mention too Will really quickly I love these scenes because each time, even when he faces off against the Stone Hawks, you get to see the deterioration of Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. You get to see those machine parts more that was once covered. Now you're seeing that it's not covered anymore. It's showing left and right. And I like that part because it shows you that he's not all man. He is now part machine too. So then we uh, cut to Vader going up the staircase towards the temple, and Infla has been waiting for him. And 
in a pretty hilarious scene, Infla pulls out his saber and is immediately hit with rocks by Vader and just like throws him to the side. <laughs> so the droid seeing like what happened goes into attack Vader as well, but he doesn't stand a chance. The droid just gets destroyed in a matter of seconds and Vader rips off his arm that the like uh, kind of lightning saber that he was using was attached to and just rips it off of him and uses the saber as his weapon to fight against Infla. And at this point, Infla kind of figures out like what he is here for. He's been able to sense it. Darth Vader is after his lightsaber. So they go into a battle and Infla notices that uh, his that Vader's robotic leg is failing him and is able to get a bit of a high ground and uh, disarm him. Not really disarm him, but kind of get the upper ground on him and destroy his leg. So at that point, uh, Infla realizes that he has the advantage and throws him off of the cliff. And that's where we end that chapter. It's an entertaining chapter, and that's why I said I love Vader in this case for the fact saying that we get to see him as machine. He's not just human. And that little, like even when the Stonehawks retreat and he's sitting there just, he takes one of them down still. It's like, this guy is not going to stop. Every challenge you're going to throw in his way, he's going to accomplish it. Now, at this point, Infla thinks he's falling to his impending doom, but what we don't, he doesn't realize that Vader is still alive. And Vader is coming at him. Um, where we pick up on issue four. Um like I said, pick up a Vader, sprawled out on a rock as he's been defeated by Infla. Um, we see Vader spot a Rex, which is his which is Infla's droid that he pushed off the pretty much took a saber and threw him off the cliff. Um, and the Rex states that Vader has been defeated, that the dark side cannot stand against the light. Vader lifts his arm up. And this is another scene that makes me feel I love this scene because of the fact that he's more machine. Vader lifts his arm up to use the force to disassemble a Rex to help reform his leg and repair other parts of his suit. Um, now, like I said, Ryan's said he's not all man; he's also machine. Um, we turn to Infla as we find as we find him in Ambalar City and goes to repair goes to a local repair shop owned by a woman named Marina. Tells her that he is here for his ship. And that he's stored it at her shop for years. You know, it's been stored at her shop for years. Um, she mentions that Inf to Infla that it, his ship needs a bit of a tune-up, and he wouldn't, and it wouldn't take long. Infla does warn her that he was he was target just targeted by a Sith, and he must be on his way. But states he is no longer threat, and that is what he or that's what he thinks. Infla, while helping Marina tune up his ship, senses a disturbance in the Force, and he runs outside and sees Darth Vader as he has the dark side, or the high ground at this point. I almost said the dark side. Um, he has the high ground. And he sees Vader at this, pretty much standing at the top of this parapet wall. Um, stands there with the Rex's sword, 
as he tells Infla to come at him. Um, what was it? Now, Willie, I'm going to let you take, because again, another fight scene. You do better in explaining the fight scenes. So I'll let you take the wheel. All right. So, um, as we've seen, Vader is on the high ground. Uh, Infola then uses a kind of like a force jump, pulling out his lightsaber and jumping up to uh, the top of this tower to fight Vader. Uh, Infola doesn't really take too long to get somewhat of an upper hand against Vader, but at that moment, uh, some soldiers come to kind of try to assist him, but Vader then throws them off the cliff or throws them off the tower to the ground, but stops midway, realizing that uh, like after he throws them, the uh, Infla uses his force powers to kind of grab them and let them drop easily. But it was kind of a mistake because uh, Vader then uses a uh, uses the force to attack one of the water pressure tanks that is down there as well and destroying it. Um, so while that's being destroyed, Infla then uses his force to kind of contain it to try to like keep it from exploding. And like it's, it turns into the perfect opportunity for Vader then to take the lightsaber from Infla. And once he has it in his grasps, grasps, then uh, uses the force to a uh, force choke Infla, holding him off the tower. And because he's doing that, Infla then loses control of his focus. The water tank erupts, causing the whole city that they're in to be destroyed, causing everyone to die. And Infla then just dies right there and gets dropped into it. Vader snaps. And then. <laughs> Vader, yeah, Vader snaps his neck, and then all we see at the end is Vader holding the saber in his hand, standing over this destroyed village being swept away by water. Right now, this it again shows you how powerful, how how much of a monster Darth Vader really has become. But the fact that he doesn't even take civilians' lives into account at this point. Mm -hmm. What I want is what I want. I don't care anymore. And he's done asking questions. He's going to do what he has to do. And I think this really, these last two issues really do show a great fight between a Jedi he's never has faced um, and really puts up a challenge against him. And, but it just shows you that his suit doesn't come without flaws in the suit um so i guess this is a good way to go right into issue five and i'll do mostly explaining because it kind of deals more with the psychological side of vader a little bit um 
We start this issue with Vader listening to a message that Palpatine or the Emperor left for Vader on Vader's droid. And this message instructs Vader that his ship will be bringing him to his final destination that was selected by him. Um, he sends Vader to Mustafar. Now, Willie, why is Mustafar such a big thing in Vader's history? Um, Mustafar is the lava volcano planet where he had actually had his final fight with Obi-Wan and was left for dead. It's where he lost all of his limbs, where he got burned alive. It It's very significant for him. Now, Vader is notified that Mustafar is not like other planets. That deep beneath its surface rests a locus of the dark side of the Force. That Vader is here to reclaim himself from the sight of your greatest defeat. You shall rise strong, unbroken, powerful. He continues on by saying the following, and this is the Emperor. Again, all the quotes, everything goes to Marvel. Credit goes to them. You have required the lightsaber of a Jedi and the kyber crystal it contains, but they are not yet yours. The crystal is a potent thing, alive in some strange way, pulsing with the light side energy. You will need great strength to bend it to your will. When you arrive on Mustafar, find the place where the dark side calls to you. Draw upon the energy there, combine its power with your own, then use it. Corrupt the kyber crystal, teach it your pain, teach it your anger. Hear it sing a hymn of darkness. Make it bleed. So Vader heads into a cave and comes across a stone table. Disassembles the lightsaber he took from Infla and comes across the kyber crystal. He examines the crystal, sets it back on the stone table, and tried to do as the Emperor has told him. It tries to teach it, he tries to teach it his pain, his anger, and tries to make it bleed. As, as, as he first attempts this, the crystal blows him backwards. What I love this next is it shows something different we haven't seen in Vader yet. We see his eyes from red go back to blue. When he turned to the dark side of the forest, his eyes were red. Now they're back to blue for a glimmer, for a very brief moment. He shows that glimmer of hope and pretty much yells out what has he done. He has this vision. Um, we see a vision of what if Anakin turned back to the light side of the force. He shows up to Palpatine's office or the Emperor's office with the lightsaber unaltered and essentially kills Palpatine and goes to find his old master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, to ask for forgiveness. As we think this is actively actually happening, Vader snaps back to reality as his eyes glow red. He gets back up and grabs the kyber crystal and then he grabs the crystal and he states this as, states this, is all there is. The next panels really do a great job to or demonstrate how he is teaching this crystal his pain. And as we see flashbacks of the pain and hurt that Vader has experienced as Anakin, um, and he screams out the top, and but pretty much he's like he's screaming at the top of his lungs at points. Um, we end this issue, though, 
With Vader's arrival in Coruscant, he enters the room of the Emperor's office. Pretty much takes out, pretty much I love how the Royal Guards try to come up and attack him, and he just force pushes him, just like, get out of here. Like, you guys are nothing to me. Um, he approaches his master and shows him his new lightsaber. Vader ignites it and shines red. This ends issue five. Now, Willie, how did you like this issue from the beginning? I, I enjoyed this issue really well. Um, just because you got to see that pain of Darth Vader. It's like that psychology of him. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your take on Vader at the, in this issue alone? I do like that as well. I, I think that seeing like his thought process and being able to kind of see how he got to where he is and where his thought process is, mm -hmm. it's it definitely shows a lot to the character and gives him good reason why he's so dark. Um, I do also love the um, the process of turning the crystal red. Mm -hmm. um, because like I said, like there are red Kyber crystals, but being able to see their interpretation of how the process works, how crystals are turned red, it's very creative and it does add more effect to like how they come to be of what they are you imagine if the kyber crystals like you said in the ninth jedi do come more canon and you have them some vader's gonna look at it and just go that could have been easier yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like why did i have to do all this <laughs> i had to do it the hard way i want to teach you that dude look it's like he takes on an apprentice hey look look i can change my color look i'm blue i'm brown <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna be like, I hate you. Like, no, why did you need that? <laughs> um, but we're going into the last issue of this volume. Now, granted, I will recommend this whole series to anybody. I think this is a great series from beginning to end, but we wanted to kind of give you that flavor of what this is, and we figured this would be the best way to do it. Um Issue six picks right back up and on Coruscant with a full panel with Vader's entire suit spread out on an operating table in the prop in pieces, pretty much. Vader currently is in a band to take. Now we'll see this, you'll see this all the time when it's in Obi-Wan, so on and so forth, that they use that to heal at points. Um, while he's bathing in the bath to tank, he listens to Palpatine, pretty much tells him, like, you know or the Emperor pretty much tells him, like, hey, you were successful in your mission, retrieved the weapon of a Sith. But he also tells him how he ruined himself in the process. Pal you know, the Emperor tells Vader, of course, that he'll have his droids fix up Vader's suit, but then he realizes that Vader should make his armor his own. Because he gets that sense of, like, you're the only one that really knows your body. You make your armor. And he uses the Force to make his armor. And that's another cool scene. It's like you get to see him just sitting there in the bath tank that he can't even touch his suit. And he's just sitting there literally force, using the force to make his suit. Um, pretty, much, pretty much tells Vader, once you're ready, come find me. Vader uses the force to modify his suit, like we said. Um, but the next scene, we jump to the to the former Jedi temple as a dark figure walks its halls. As he states that he remembers lies, he reaches the archives and states that no one will deny him now. 
But as he says that, here comes Vader. Vader now with his modified suit comes in, in the stranger's way. Two start dueling with each other. The stranger with his round holster or handle shows his double-sided lightsaber and tells Vader that he will not take any take away what he, what was promised to him. As the stranger thinks he has the upper hand, Vader tells him that you have nothing and that it was testing his suit. Vader pretty much takes him down quick. Now, this Vader is about to strike the stranger down. And I'm saying stranger because right now we're going to find out who this guy is. He is stopped by me. The Emperor states to Vader that he has met the Grand Inquisitor and lets him know that he arranged this meeting. He tells the Grand Inquisitor that Vader almost beating him should serve as a valuable lesson not just for him, but for the Inquisitors. He tells both of them to come with him. Now, Willie, let me ask you this, because we are going to get introduced to the Inquisitors here. Mm -hmm. Well, who are the Inquisitors, for anybody who does not know? The Inquisitors are, what's the best way to put it? They're an elite group of Sith soldiers that are specifically made to hunt down any rogue renegade Jedi. So pretty much they took the Republic Commando storyline after Order 66 that stayed with the Empire and made them Inquisitors. Um, but Palpatine, you know, so Palpatine takes both the Grand Inquisitor and Vader down to this little... Um, takes him down to the works, the industrial district of Coruscant, and tells Vader that the Inquisitors has been a project of his for a while. He explains that the Inquisitors were once slaves of the light side, and that now they have opened their eyes, that they are now hunters. Vader asks, what do they hunt? Palpatine responds, what they, they hunt Jedi. Palpatine then tells Vader about the Grand Inquisitor and how he was once a Jedi that he became resentful because of someone of his skills was denied access to the higher councils. That he was easy to manipulate. Now, Vader questions Palpatine, of course, asking him if the Grand Inquisitor had beaten him, if he would have replaced Vader. Palpatine says to stop dwelling on what could have been. Tells Vader that the Grand Inquisitor still has a lot to learn, so do the other Inquisitors. That Vader will teach them and tells Vader to, in, to teach them how to wipe out the Jedi infection from the galaxy. And tells Vader that there is no greater threat to their empire other than the Jedi. Now, at the end of this issue, we are spotting, or we do notice a panel, a full panel of a Jedi. Willie, do you want to tell fans who this Jedi is? Because this Jedi is pretty popular in the lore. Uh, I keep forgetting her name. Costa New. She is the librarian of the Jedi Temple. She does play a big part in this series. Um, being then the next volume, she has probably one of the best fights. I'd probably say one of the best Star Wars fights in comic book history with Darth Vader. You wouldn't think that from the librarian, but she does get out there and fight him and puts up a fight. Now, I kind of always like that whole thing of Vader dwells on it, that Palpatine challenges him. And I love that later on in series, and especially like in the main Vader series, where he's told, 
if they beat you, that just tells me you're they're stronger than you. So why would I want somebody weaker? And it is a good point because that's the whole purpose of the set. You don't care. And it's so interesting to see it. Like, Willie, what's your take on that alone? That like how Vader dwells on it. It adds a lot to his character. It a lot it shows that he's not just somebody that not just a Jedi that went to the dark. It shows that he has so much reason and Palpatine is one of the people that brings out that reason and, and strengthens it and forces it. And it just makes everything a lot more potent as to why he's doing what he does. Now, I, I agree with you. I kind of like, I love that part of him because it makes him vulnerable that he feels that, you know, it's a whole insecurity situation with Vader. And I like that, um, that it just shows that he has to prove himself more. And mm-hmm. that's what makes his character more interesting and interesting later on. Um, so overall, um, out of, give from a rank from one to 10, what would you give Dark Lord of the Sith volume? Number one, without a doubt, number one. Number, number one, or I mean one from two, how we, or from, what was it? Oh. One to 10, you're coming in a one out of 10, buddy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh. I thought you meant like ranking them like. Oh no 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 no! Oh. How would you rank? Uh, How would you rank it as one to ten? Okay, yeah. Uh, one out of ten. One being the worst. Ten being the best. This one is definitely without a doubt a nine point nine. It's just that one point that I don't like. At point one percent, it's great. I am. I haven't read all of the story yet, but I'm sure by the end of it, it'll definitely be a 10 for me. This is an amazing story. Like I, every Darth Vader story that has come out and mind you, this story is canon. This is not legends. This is a canon storyline. Um, Every Star Wars comic based around Darth Vader, when it comes to canon or what Disney's put out through Marvel, especially just focused around Darth Vader has been amazing. And it just shows you and gives you more of that depth feeling of what Darth Vader really is. And how it explains more too, kind of like how he is somewhat the chosen one. Um, a little more and more. And I kind of like that. Dark Lord of the Sith, I'd rank it at a 10. I don't even care. Well, I'm putting it right. You know it ranked number one on my list for a reason. Mm-hmm. That whole series, I read this series on a constant rewind all the time. This is a series I go back to. I love it so much. Um, I recommend it to any new Star Wars fan. Um, The only thing you need to know is a little bit about number three. And you can dive right into that lore. Or you you need to watch the prequels before you go into this storyline. Yeah. If you know the prequels enough, you'll be fine. I love this story so much. Um, um, But let me ask you this too. Um, How do you feel about Darth Vader's story now? With this, with other storylines that have come out since. It's uh, it's definitely a great story. It does fill in, does good work to fill in those gaps between like what we already know. Because once we go from episode three to episode four in the movies, there's a huge time jump. It's, I, it's what, 30 years? It's... It, well, from that point, well, yeah. So, yeah, it's about 
I would say about 30 years to, I think it's like between one or three and four. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know exactly how much time passes, but so much supposedly goes on between then. And we don't really know a lot about what happens. So this story does a great job in telling kind of like the Darth Vader perspective how he becomes as evil as he is and where the empire progresses, how it becomes such an intimidating force. It's about actually a 20 year gap. 20 years. Because Luke is still young. That's why I was like, wait a minute, Luke's not 30 years old. It's like he's about (laughs) about a teenager, kind of up to about just a young adult. So yeah. But no, I love this series. I recommend anybody who's interested in reading Star Wars comics to go to Darth Vader right away. Um, especially Dark Lord of the Sith. You go to Darth Vader, which is from 2015 to 2016, which is in between episodes four and five, um, where we get the amazing character Dr. Afra, which does become very popular in canon. Um, and now they've already had a new series that's in between five and six. And by far, one of my favorite characters in Star Wars lore, of course, is Star- is Darth Vader. But I also love the little depth they bring into comics um, with him. So this ends our book club for the month. Um, like we said, you know, this is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, um, Volume 1. You can find this at your local comic book stores. Um, of course, you can buy it digitally, but we still like to give those little hopes of giving our comic book stores a chance so please go support your local comic book store by buying this story um please pick up any star wars comics at this point because they're really good um you have high republic you got that dr afra so on and so forth um what was it you can let us know on in the comments on our instagram tiktok and facebook page at comic talkers um what's your opinion on darth vader comics what did you like about darth vader um dark lord of the sith do you like that story? Do you not like it? Where do you see this character going more in the comics? Let us know. We'd like to hear it. Um, what was it? You can listen to our podcast also, too, anywhere on uh, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Um, without further ado, my name is Brandon. I'm William. And let's march to the Imperial March. Yeah.